Have you ever wondered why exactly it is that things usually sound better at home than they do on stage, in auditions, or even in lessons? It's easy to chalk it up to nerves or assume that you just have to practice more or get more performance experience. And sure, those things certainly are part of the puzzle, but a lot of times that's not really the true root cause. If you've been confused by the inconsistency of your performances, I put together a free four-minute quiz called the Mental Skills Audit, which will help you pinpoint your mental strengths and weaknesses and figure out what exactly to adjust and tweak in your preparation for more consistently optimal performances. You can take the Mental Skills Audit online at bulletproofmusician.com MSA. That's MSA for Mental Skills Audit. And again, it's 100% free, and it'll take just four minutes to get your results emailed to you as a PDF. This is Noah Kageyama, and you're listening to the Bulletproof Musician Podcast. Every Sunday morning, we'll take a look at a new research-based tip or technique to help you practice more effectively or perform better under pressure. And on the first Sunday of every month, I'll have a guest from the music, sport, or research world who will share their insights on how we can all be a little more awesome in the practice room and on stage. For most, waking up on the day of a big audition, competition, or performance feels very different from every other morning. Things are just a little more unsettled, and it's harder to go through your normal morning routine and enjoy a bowl of chocolate-frosted sugar bombs as you might on a normal day. Especially when perhaps a few hours out, the butterflies kick in as your thoughts start drifting to the performance and you begin imagining how things are going to go. On some days, the butterflies just hang out and flutter about, but on others, your thoughts can begin to spiral out, creating an angry, swarming, exponentially multiplying kaleidoscope of butterflies. So, it's natural to wish we could simply be our normal, chill selves on performance days. But what if it's actually a good thing to have some butterflies? Like, what if feeling nothing is actually a sign that you're not going to perform so well? A team of British researchers recruited 37 male professional soccer players for a study on how their cardiovascular responses on match days might align with their actual performance in that day's match. Around two and a half to three hours before a match, the researchers measured the athlete's baseline heart rate, cardiac output, and total peripheral resistance. Then, the players listened to a short recording, which read, Today, you will be playing in an important match. As with all games at this level, it will be demanding. It is another step in your journey towards becoming a first-team player. As always, the coach is interested in how you perform. Take some time to prepare mentally for the game, as you normally would. And while the athletes sat and thought about the upcoming match, their cardiovascular reactivity was measured once again. Previous research has found that a larger positive ratio of cardiac output to total peripheral resistance is indicative of what's known as a challenge state, a physiological and mental state that is more conducive to performing well under pressure. Meanwhile, a larger negative ratio of cardiac output to total peripheral resistance is suggestive of a threat state that tends to lead to worse performance. So, did their physiological state before matches have any relationship with their actual in-game performance? 
After the game, both players and coaches were asked to rate the performance on a scale of 0 to 100%, where 100% represents performing at their best. The players whose cardiovascular measures indicated a challenge state performed the best, with an average combined self and coach rating of 74.56%. Those who exhibited a threat state, on the other hand, had an average score of 67.32%. But wait, there was also a third group that emerged from the data. Because when asked to think about the upcoming game, 16 of the athletes didn't have much of any cardiovascular response they remained totally calm. So how did these players with a blunted physical response perform in that day's match? Well, they performed the worst, with an average score of 62.97%. I know that butterflies aren't always pleasant, but I wonder if some of that is actually due more to the unpleasantness of our emotional reaction to them and the meaning, i.e. bad performances, we associate with the feeling than the actual physical experience itself. Like, would you feel different about them if you believed that it was a good thing to feel some butterflies on the day of a performance? And that you should be more worried, perhaps, if you feel nothing at all? I know this may seem like a small thing, but hopefully the knowledge that pre-performance nerves can predict positive experiences on stage and aren't necessarily a sign of bad things to come will help you avoid getting sucked into the classic anxiety spiral in the hours leading up to a performance. And to reinforce this, you might consider taking a few minutes this week to do some mental time travel and go back in time to two or three previous performances where you were nervous going into it, but ended up having one of your best ever experiences on stage. Write these down somewhere so that you can remind yourself about these moments on days when you forget that the butterflies have actually contributed to some of the most memorable, meaningful, or thrilling performance moments in your career. This study suggests that a blunted state may actually be the worst, but a challenge state still seems to be more desirable than a threat state. So how does one get there? The research on cognitive appraisal suggests that a simple mantra like, I'm excited, can help shift your interpretation of the butterflies to something more performance-enhancing like excitement, thereby sidestepping the anxiety spiral and boosting performance. And it goes without saying that practicing thoughtfully preparing specifically for the demands of a performance with recorded run-throughs and mocks, and taking the time to develop the mental side of performance are important pieces of the puzzle too. After all, anything you can do to feel better prepared is going to help tip the challenge threat scales in your favor. But what if you're in a situation where it's a little more difficult to change your appraisal of stress in the moment? For instance, Imagine you've practiced diligently in preparation for a masterclass, where you'll be playing for someone you might like to study with in grad school. And you're feeling pretty good about it, right up until you see a bunch of musicians in the audience that you didn't expect to be there, including your super judgmental summer festival stand partner who made last summer a total nightmare and has decided to plant themselves in the front row. All of which makes you start worrying about what they're going to think, which makes you feel more anxious, which makes you worry that you're not going to be able to make a good impression on the teacher, which increases your anxiety further, and before you know it, you're no longer experiencing the situation as a challenge, but as a threat. Recent research on stress mindsets suggests that there's another factor that interacts with challenge and threat states, and could help us get closer to our happy place, even if we're feeling more threat than challenge. But that's going to take a little bit more time to explore, so we'll take a look at it next week. 
You can find links to this week's study and other resources like practice hacks and the audition cheat sheet at bulletproofmusician.com slash blog. And if you found the episode helpful, please share it with a friend or practice buddy who you think might also enjoy experimenting with this during the coming week. 